0: Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. And we're live.
1: Oh, going right in. Yeah, did you guys
2: see the? Uh, did you guys see the videos that the Navy put out or whatever about the UFOs?
0: I did. I sent the the tweet out to you guys um, and saying, well, look, uh, you know, preview of what's to come in 2020 is we're going to find out that the alien overlords have contacted us. They're now ready to invade. Trump was their vessel, and um, they are the reason we have coronavirus.
1: Yeah, man, or, or Josh, I saw you sent that video, and I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not too knowledgeable about it. I just know that it's like, the the Twitter thing is like, oh, the you know, aliens are real and it's barely a story. But I don't know if it's like like I don't know the the, the meat of it, I guess.
0: Um so the the footage isn't new. It's been around there's three right. clips. 2017. Yeah, they're fairly old. Um I think there's some clips that are even older than that, Matt, that yeah. were compiled in there and the US departments like verified them and said, yes these are real and they said the reason was to clear up any confusion about these clips that were out there. Um, and the, the Twitter reaction is, oh, well, no one, how come no one is talking about this? And that's probably just because, like, it has been out there before. This isn't, like, a yeah. new realization. And so it's kind of like, you know, are you a believer or not? Like, are these actually aliens or are they just, you know you actually UFOs, unidentifiable objects. Which, you know, I think there probably are aliens. I don't know if these are the aliens or not, but I I kinda hope so. Like my girlfriend and I are just so like not nihilistic, but you know, fuck 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 twenty twenty that when I message her about it, she (laughs) was like
2: full doomers.
0: (laughs) Yeah, when I messaged her about it, she was like, Well, I hope I kinda hope this actually is actual aliens because I'd rather serve an alien overlord than like live in the U.S. under Trump. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, for four more years. By the way, uh, the reason I brought that up was um, the family has been watching. We've been going through the alien movies, uh, alien and aliens and stuff. And um, yeah, and like I had seen them before. And I think uh, I think Natalie saw them before, but Kim hasn't seen them before. So we're like. We're watching them, and uh, I was like thinking about it, and I was like, "Oh, I got a pretty, I got a good little cumtown esque joke for it." So, how about instead of like in space, no one can hear you scream? It's in space, no one can hear you cream. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like a xenomorph with the little tiny mouth that's like sucking a guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> how about that?
1: So it's like. Whatever. So what would be the equivalent of the guy getting, you know, the face hugger and then the, the, the thing bursting out of his chest? Is it would it out be the, of his ass or into it, his ass?
2: Yeah, no, it wouldn't be into his ass. It would still be the same thing as a face hugger, because the face hugger is basically just a vagina. Right. right. So so like it'd be to be the face hugger, like him eating eating the pussy out of the face hugger or whatever, and then he just creams his pants.
1: I I had an idea just now of so, I was thinking, okay, we keep the face hugger concept. So, like, mm-hmm. he's not eating out, right? But it is sort of like the same idea. It's going to, like, you know, whatever, latch on and release its egg. But um, it has to wait until the guy takes his pants off. So, like, instead of okay. attacking him, it's affirmative around. consent. Yeah, until he, like, poops or does something where his butt is exposed. Or it asks him politely and he's like, yeah, I guess why not? and uh you know then it crawled, it, you know it latches onto his butt and then you know there's i imagine a scene of the crew being like you know leonard why is your why are you walking weird he's like no it's nothing <laughs> leave me alone they're like yeah. pull your pants down we can see that right there
2: imagine imagine the alien film franchise but instead of um ripley and uh burying you know crew members how about it's just a bunch of italian guys about that <laughs> Just walking through, be like, "Hey, what the fuck's going on over here? What are all these fucking moolies doing on the shit?"
1: <laughs> like, um, uh, so at the scene where he has the thing burst out of his chest, like they have to like, like, like knock over just heaping bowls of spaghetti. Yeah. and, Like, whoa,
0: beans.
2: pow, whoa, back up over here! It's like, you, you can't be doing that. The
1: gravy. <laughs>
0: yeah, the sauce, the fucking <laughs> sauce. That made me think that we need to start adding Italians to other classic films. So, you know, we reboot the Aliens franchise with Italians in space. And yeah. we, we keep the no one can... <laughs> the Matrix? Gold. Well, yes. the, Matrix, the Matrix. What popped into my head was The Thing. It's like the... the Matt, have you seen The Thing? I haven't. I okay, know what so, it's about there. Well, okay, yeah. You know what it's about. Cole and I have seen yeah. it. And... Instead of, you know, uh, God, is it Kurt Russell that stars Russell, in it? Yeah, instead of Kurt Russell, it's James Gandolfini and <laughs> the rest of the Sopranos. They're, they're in fucking Antarctica. It's fucking cold as shit it's down fucking, here. I'm fucking, hey, listen here. I'm freezing my fucking nuts off over here. And the thing doesn't turn into, you know, like a dog. Like at one point it turns into a dog. And then I think another point it turns into the other like crew members, but it starts off as, like, different Italian dishes. So they're eating their, you know, (laughs) SpaghettiOs. And he's like, something's off about this sauce. Jimmy, did you put something special in this sauce? And then the thing comes out and and eats him. And I don't know. I think we're on to something, folks.
2: It morphs into James Gandolfini, but he has even, like, more fucked up little beaver squirrel teeth or whatever. (laughs)
1: Like Blair... Uh, whatever, Doctor Blair, who's originally played by Wilford Brimley, is played by like the guy who does uh, you know, pussy on The Sopranos. Oh, big pussy! Like, yeah, yeah, and he's like got a microscope, and he's just looking at like on the computer. It's like you know intruder DNA, spaghetti DNA,
2: <laughs> just showing it
1: overtake it, and then <laughs> the the strands, the
2: DNA strands, like the double helix, it's are just spaghettis. spaghetti. Yeah. yeah, the little the little he's tiny, like, uh, what you call it, proteins or whatever that connect them are just like meatballs.
1: He's like riding on his little like predictor thing. It's like, you know, uh, time it would take for Intruder to take over Bada Bing <laughs> 0.5 hours. Time it would take to take over <laughs> Staten Island even less. You know. Yeah,
2: that's a... Uh, the the reason I was thinking about that, of course, was um of course you know, I to Come Town, listen to some of their greatest Italian hits, or is always a fun time. But also like uh the Sopranos, uh the, the Talking Sopranos podcast has come out. And so it just reminded me of them when they're talking about like the show and they're discussing different things and they keep being like I keep forgetting, I don't know why, but I keep forgetting the guys who play Italians were Italians. So when they're speaking and they're talking about like these famous actors, they're like, oh fucking, you know, he's in a great fucking movie with whatever. And it's just like it's just like Italian people just talking about other Italian people. Like, you know what I'm saying? And he's like, Yeah, it's fucking yeah. Fred, you know, uh Fred Liano down the fucking street. He used to fucking drive my pops everywhere. Like that kind of shit but like I mean, with famous why people that's
1: so good it's just true to life you
2: know right uh but yeah so italians what other movies yeah. again the matrix they already have the uh fucking what's his name the guy yeah. i don't want to fucking remember nothing tony she's a hua. oh
1: yeah he's in oh, the
2: yeah ralph Seferetto
1: the guy who plays Ralphie's oh he's the bald he's the bald one
2: yeah, right? he's the guy that like portrays him.
1: Oh, god! Yeah. but the without the hair, I, I totally didn't make that connection. But yeah, he's like, oh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, he's like, uh, uh, instead of like bringing him a steak, they bring him, of course, I mean spaghetti. Well, We could do that yeah, easily. Like he's just sitting in the fucking restaurant with Agent Smith or whatever, uh, you know, who's like Agent Cicero, I guess, in this. <laughs> In this um, reality, who's like he's just sitting there eating like Chef Buarde, like tastes just like the real thing. Like, why I'm just I, I'm just gonna go back to I'm just gonna forget, I'm gonna forget Tony. I'm gonna go back.
2: It's a uh, it's uh Mister and a Saloni on auto.
1: <laughs> what? Okay, like the Matrix, but um, it's reverse. So, dick tastes like pussy, and pussy tastes like dick. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you're going down on a girl, and you're like, hmm, you know, like yeah, like how that do the, how the machines?
2: So that's a that's a good yeah. question. So when they said how the machines know what shit tastes like, is that why so much stuff tastes like chicken?
1: Yeah, it's
2: like how do the machines know what pussy tastes like.
1: How would they? Exactly. Well, they can't ask any man because no man has ever gone down on a woman.
2: Yeah, you know, exactly.
1: You can't you can't talk to women about it because they'll lie. So. <laughs> Where do you even get the information? Like right. plenty of men, plenty of men have sucked each other off, so they yeah you'll you'll have reams of data about what dick tastes like, you know. Yes, and you can trust men, so yeah, uh, you'll have plenty of I, that. But
2: honestly, the the other thing about movies that I want to report is I f- honestly feel like um, since this is a dudes rock podcast and we talk about you know dudes rocking and just continuously being amazing people, um, I feel like. Rotten Tomatoes is uh, out to ge- to get dudes rocking. I think they're trying to cancel cancel dudes rocking. Every single no, so. every single dudes rock movie that we pull up on the TV has like the shittiest Rotten Tomatoes. Underworld had a thirty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like I mean, what what movie were they watching? It's got cape and sale, It's got leather. It's got water. It's got vampires with guns and kung fu werewolves.
1: Yes. Have First they had worlds, yeah, First,
2: werewolves, yeah. So, what movie were they watching? They said, Oh, 31%. Yeah, that's a, yeah, it's just you know, Kate Beckinsale just like being hot as shit with fucking wet weather for half the fucking movie. Yeah, that's 31% right there.
1: Well, it might have been a case of like where whoever was helming Rotten Tomatoes was trying to be Dude's Rock, but they they mix it up. They they were like, Oh, a woman's. You know the the lead so he can't be good and it's like no no that's not the case anymore like it could still be a dude's rock movie with a woman at the head, because it'll still be written by men so
2: well the, big, the, the biggest problem with that theory is little women had like a 98 percent or whatever something that's high, true. some bullshit yeah number and that's like come on that
0: movie's awful well could the argument be made that little women is actually you know dudes rock adjacent like Timothy Chalamet Oh he's, no. He's, no. you know, chasing after Poontang the whole movie. And he gets it at the end.
1: That's true. He does He finally gets it's that
0: a, fresh young pussy.
2: That's a girl. It's a girl movie. It's a okay. girl movie. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if a guy gets pussy in a girl movie. It's the girl it's not the guy well, getting pussy. It's the girl getting dick.
1: <laughs> well, and also the way he goes about it, right? Like, because he's probably like courting or whatever, wooey. Yeah,
2: right? he's like, he's like, oh, look at me! I'm Timothy Chalamet. I'm frail and disgusting looking, and every female <laughs> whoa, loves whoa, me because whoa, I
1: <laughs> <whoa>. <laughs> because That's I a... might be European. Well, he is right, or like, I don't fucking know. Like... Well, he's like spent like his summers in France or whatever, I think, right, or Italy or whatever. Yeah, That's so
2: he's, like- he's he's like a he's like a Tim Burton like dream for like a female. They're like, oh, he's like dark and mysterious, and also from this like mysterious the the continent of Europe, the mysterious magical <laughs> land. Yeah, it's like this also-
1: dude. If this dude was in America, this dude would be like a solid three. <laughs> he is in America. If he's he, does he like, live here?
2: Yeah, I mean I guess he does, but I'm saying yeah. if he was American, if he didn't have that allure, solid Okay, three.
1: fair enough. Instead of Timothy Chalamet, if he was like Timothy Ch- Ch- Chunk. <laughs> Tim Timothy, Chunk. Chunk. Tim Timothy Chunk.
2: Timothy Chunk. Timothy yeah.
1: Smith,
2: yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's got everything women look for. He's you know, kind of frail and and
2: pale and, burnt, and sickly looking.
1: And <laughs> and probably gay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> most likely. Um, all the best ones are. Um, no, if he was gay, he'd be, like, jacked as shit. You think so? Yeah. Well, like, Well, he might be, like, I don't know. I don't know. I think, um, you know, I can see, I see the appeal, I guess, in, like, his... Whatever, did. having a
2: boyfriend that you but could it. beat up. Yes,
1: right. <laughs> the power dynamics would be different there.
2: Yeah, I, Florence Pugh, who marries Timothy Chalamet and Little Women, um, that I've read, I've heard.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, she could. I saw she would, it though. No, saw it. No, no, we didn't. No, we
1: didn't. I don't
0: know what you're talking about. Bro. I don't know what do you're talking your about. Vision. I would never see that no, movie. You,
1: you both saw it, and you badgered me for, for, up until you saw it to come see it with you.
0: No, I don't. I I don't. I think you're misremembering. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. Also, you know, we definitely didn't go in like the first week of its release and and buy tickets for it. So that never happened. I'm pretty sure
1: if I search in my text, little women, I will pull up uh, uh, plenty of examples. I'm pretty sure Uh, it's doctored.
0: If yeah, Yeah. if you do
2: find
1: them, it's definitely doctored.
2: And if you're you're a big fucking computer nerd, so you could probably figure out how to doctor it, you fucking nerd.
1: Yeah, my CIA bucks uh, are would help me um, um, doctor that to yeah. under the pod. Josh, you you said uh, dudes rock adjacent. I was just thinking of how the big conversation lately has been about how everything's like fas- fascism adjacent now. <laughs> like, <laughs> like anything remotely like offensive to like live mentalities now, is like fascism adjacent. You're just you're just right there next to them. Elbow to elbow, you know, and it's yeah. like it's just it's such a like it's such a whatever, like like lame way of like accusing someone of something. Because it's like they're basically getting away with saying that you're like a Nazi, but <clears throat> they're like too chicken shit to actually just call you a Nazi. They just go, no, you're uh, I have a gr- great idea. You're a well- Jason. Jace- so if, if if they ever come back and be like that's ridiculous, like here's like a million examples why that's ridiculous, I'd be like, well, I didn't actually call you a Nazi or fascist. I just said you were right there with them, bitch. You know. Well, it doesn't
2: it doesn't work, right? Because like I mean, they've tried. They've said a lot of people were Nazis before. They were like Nazbol, Strasserite, right? or whatever, right? They keep saying that type of shit, and now they're just saying everything's fascist adjacent, like you like you were saying. Um, but those are the type of people who I don't. Uh, I mean, obviously, you shouldn't lead any credence into anything that they're saying. But also, like, I just, you know, if someone were to ever say that to me, which they haven't, but if a if a bitch were to come yeah. up to me and be like, "You're fascist adjacent" or whatever, I'd be like, "You are the type of people who uh, say believe all women except for women who Joe Biden raped." Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Those types of people, mm. you know. My good friend Joe Biden, the the guy who stuck his finger inside a girl.
1: Yeah. And who's been like now? Like before, like it was just you know, okay, she says that he's done this, and we've we we have eyes, so we've seen him be creepy and disrespectful of like boundaries with women. So you know, it's something you can connect. And then you know, we have the we have two like the two biggest things like corroborating this has been. She said at first, like, her story included, yeah, my mom actually called into Larry King to, like, ask about, because I told her about it, and she was, like, asking, you know, calling in to, like, speak about it, right? Not using any names. And then someone found a clip of Larry King where it's her mom, like, she confirmed it's her mom's voice, talking about, oh, my daughter has a problem with, like, the senator she's working with or whatever. Like, she encountered an issue there. And we have that and we have someone who was neighbors with her who was like saying, yeah, she like we've talked about like had talked about this prior to her coming out about this. So, you know, and that would be like if we're talking about a case like this, that would be enough evidence or enough like corroborating stuff to be like, yeah, there, this there's this is probably true. On top of the shit we already know about Biden, well, have seen do so,
2: they took the. I mean, they were saying like, the 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 video the the video of Trump saying like, oh, you can just grab him by the pussy or whatever. They take that as like admission as, as of guilt. That he, yeah, yeah. But but then they they turn right around and say like, oh, well, it's just her story, and it's like, well, what happened? You were the people that said believe all women, so like, what yeah, where's that? Like, see, it's almost like you're you're you know you're feckless it's almost like your ideology doesn't make any fucking sense because it doesn't like you're literally like a, so
1: they're just as cynical as as any other politician or or whoever supporting the system we have now they're just as cynical because like you know these um whatever these movement like this drive to be like oh um you know, we're the party of like respecting women or or believing women. And it's like, it's never been the case. And when you try to make that your image, you just, it's a country, you run into all sorts of contradictions because, you know, it's, you know, the the democratic party is built upon the the same foundation that the Republican party is. So if that foundation includes, you know, basically just horrific oppression of, of, you know, of, of, you know, so many people, including women, then yeah, they're going to have the same caliber of people within it. So, um, what happens is just, you know, the Democrat sees upon it as a, you know, thing to like say, ah, see, here's what makes us good. And the contradictions, they just kind of go, well, whatever, like, just forget, forget about it. You know, mm-hmm. we're the, we're the party of like the lesser rapists. So, that's right they are they with.
2: are like incremental like they're doing like incrementalization of evil right like they're just kind of saying like because joe biden put his hand inside a woman and it's completely different than like donald trump sticking his penis inside a woman right yeah. like those, that's what they're they're saying that those two aren't equivalent even though they are they're both sexual assault right like it's not just like incrementalism it's like an act that's like fucking awful right yeah. whereas like you know, and then it sucks because, like, I mean, fucking chomp, like, look at fucking Chomsky, right? Chomsky's literally fucking, he's buying into it. And he's, he's, I was talking, so I was messaging Fred about this, right? I was DMing him and we were talking about it. And I was like, it's pretty crazy because Chomsky's like literally manufacturing consent. Like, he's literally right now, doing yeah. what he, yes. And it's, yeah. it, that's insane. It's like he, the, this man wrote a book on this and is doing it, yeah. right? He's, 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 uh, he's, he's using that as like a, uh, I don't know what, like a fucking appeal to power or something. Like he's just like saying, Oh, well we need to get Donald Trump out because like, and everyone, I mean, everyone's buying into it. I mean, even Bernie, Bernie's manufacturing consent. He says, he says, I support Joe Biden. Right. Even though like he's fundamentally against what I stand for. Right. He's completely opposed to 100% completely opposed to this. He said he'd veto, you know, Medicare for all if it ever came across his desk, which is like one Bernie's biggest one of his biggest things. Right. Yeah. And so he says we need to work to get rid of the most. And he, all, he keeps saying this. And this is one of the, the faults that Bernie had. If we yeah. if we talk about him as a politician, he always said we need to get rid of the most dangerous president in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. which is buying into the idea that orange man is the most evil person we've ever had in the president's yeah. chair. Right. Even though like empirically, he's not like, he's bad, but he's not fucking the worst we've ever had.
1: Yeah. He's and, not, I mean like Reagan or Bush, Bush, he's not Reagan. Reagan
2: or, yeah. Or he's, he's not Reagan, worse. Bush, fucking Jackson, you know, Jenna <laughs> the yeah. native Americans, you know, all this.
1: I thing. mean, Hoover, you could arguably say, um, Like, well, and, like, that um, that's a good point you bring up. And also, too, is that that, like, it's not just Bernie saying that. And that's been, like, the Democratic, like, whatever through line has been. Trump is the worst. He's the most dangerous. Um, Also, too, is this kind of, like, labeling Trump as a fascist or a Nazi or whatever. And it's, like, I'm not – I, like – my criticism of that doesn't come from my belief that Trump isn't like, you know, whatever, if he were smarter or less just putrid and lazy and dumb, that he wouldn't be like a full-blown fascist. But mm-hmm. um, the thing is that he's not like, he's just like a bumbling, dumb idiot. Just your, your mainline conservative, which is pretty far right at this point, but not full-blown fascist. And the thing is, is that when you kind of use that language, I mean the, the Democrats have, have kind of latched on to that and it's been like it's a, it's smart for them to use that because if they go if they just is it label though? Trump No, th- this is what I'm getting at. It's smart for the establishment to latch on to it because you know they could say he's a fascist, he's a fascist, and then when it comes time to push someone shitty like Biden and support him, they'll tell you, Well, Trump's a fascist. So you have to support Biden or you're supporting fascism. Like if you if you buy into that, then you have to support someone like Biden because at least he's not a fascist, right? So Right. So that
2: I think the difference I think one of the big things is though it it's it's working for them in terms of like their base, right? Like they're like the the core like vote boo no matter fucking who type people, right? But like the like everyone else, like the general P- voting public it's working against them in that regard i feel right, like yeah and i agree because like, people like, are so yeah. people are so tired of like hearing you know oh donald trump's like the worst president we've ever had he's the most dangerous he's a fascist whatever whatever people are like no because they have fucking eyes and they can like read they go no he's not and it this is what i said i tweeted this out i was thinking about this the other day i was talking to a guy at work and this dude's old like an older guy and he's like been working class his whole life he's got like three kids he's just a good old country boy southern boy right and um he's like yeah my family comes from coal miners and all this shit like just full blown like if you think of the working class this guy is the working yeah. class and I, he's a republican and i said how is like the like as a party the democratic party who says that 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 you know, they, they make the claim that they're progressive. They make the claim that they're, you know, for working people instead of corporations. How do you market yourself as that? And you lose that demographic to the people who say we need more corporations. We need like more power for corporations. And I said, it's because of like these types of things, right? It's like, you know, saying Trump's a fascist and he's not right. Or saying like, you know, all the shit like, um, you know, he's the most dangerous president or, you know, or, or like the whole thing, like Angela Nagel, right? Like the killer Normies book where she writes that the rise of the alt-right is a in a direct response to the like Tumblr left or whatever, where people were like policing speech and policing whatever, because like those people, honestly, like if you have a conversation with them, for 5 fucking seconds because because these liberals won't do it. They won't have conversations with those people. If you have a conversation with them for 5 fucking seconds, you realize that they're good people with some shitty ideas. And you just you you if you talk to them and you kind of like can get them on your side a little bit, kind of show yeah. them don't don't be like you you're not allowed to say this. If you sit down and talk to them and you say, "Well, you know, it's not You you shouldn't, let's just use the same example. You shouldn't use the N word. You shouldn't say the N word or whatever to, to to people. You shouldn't say it at all because like it's historically blah, 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 right? And you kind of show them like this and they go, oh, okay. And like they'll, they won't necessarily adopt it full force, but like those are the types of people that you need in a leftist project and excluding those types of people from a leftist project just because they have some problematic views is insane,
1: yeah, and um, part of like at least from what you know I've deve- like kind of thought about this is that a good chunk of you know people having say you know um, like working on you know their kind of innate prejudices or or biases a good chunk of that comes from just social conditioning like just being around other people who have these sorts of ideas who have challenged like, you know, whatever their racist ideas or, or bigot or or sexist ideas, just being around them enough and hearing them talk about it and talking to them about it can be can change your your feelings about that. Um, like, and that's part like like getting them these people in the door, right? Um like with like appealing to sort of class issues. And then once they're in the this kind of in the room, then you can then these other things can come uh, about either directly through just like yeah having this sort of sit down like you know or explaining like the reasoning like behind um, these sorts of things or just having them be around those other like types of people um, because I feel like a, a lot of it just comes from the fact that they they're they're so they socialize with other people who just hold that those same biases or use the same language and so they just well, I, I think to think do that.
2: I think it's because a lot of times those types of people, um, you know, and I've always said it's kind of it's interesting that this works out the the way because so like like liberals, right? They're they're um, they're treating the white working class, the people who have like, and I'm talking white working class in terms of the people who have problematic views, right? They're treating them like those people treat. Others, right? Like the others, the the, you know minorities, or you know uh, people of different, you know race, religion, creeds, whatever, right? right? Socioeconomic, whatever. The thing is, those people, their interactions with like the like the white working class people, like the the racist people's people uh, interactions with you know minorities is typically in lower income areas right where like there's a lot of crime and i'm not saying that it's like a good thing or a bad thing i'm just saying that they see it and then they say they attribute that to those people they say those people are the criminals right i'm as mm-hmm. poor and i'm working hard and whatever and those people are the criminals because they're committing crime right where, whereas you know like uh uh tony morrison right she's this fantastic she's dead now but she was this fantastic african-american writer And she says she's talking about how to promote like capitalism, right, to to keep the working class in the working class. What it does is it sows it sows divisions amongst the working class. Right. So if you were to be able to teach these people and say, hey, listen, like, you know, that neighborhood that you fucking don't want to go down because you're afraid you're going to get shot or whatever, those people are in the same boat as you because the people at the top are pushing them down too. Yes. But Tony Morrison says there's, I I don't remember the actual rebellion. Cole, you might be able to help, but before the American revolution, um, there was a a, a small rebellion where like, you know, uh, like, like native Americans and like colonists and like black people, like all these people got together and they were, Mm -hmm. they were quelled, but the the government got scared and they introduced this law into US law. They said
1: Oh, the whiskey rebellion, you, I believe.
2: Yes. So they said that you could treat a white person in America, can treat a black person in America. They can maim, kill, whatever, any way they want to. Right. And so Tony Morrison says that what this does is it takes the it takes the working class and it breaks them up because they say, Well, you may be poor. You may be a poor white illiterate farmer, but you're better than the poor black slave. So,
0: I think you bring up great a great point about how the you know the liberals aren't even considering the the white working class in a lot of their discussion, um, and that that's because like the democrats don't they don't feel like they need it and they're not trying to actually serve the communities they pretend to represent like you know they say they are the party of for women and for minorities when in reality like we all we know that none of that's true and they're just supporting corporate interests so they're not gonna you know they're not gonna extend out to the poor white working class um and it makes total sense that the division you're talking about, you know, we've definitely seen that, you know, growing up in Adairsville. We've seen kind of like what, you know, poor southern whites are like and um, what it's like in our communities. And it, it's odd because the South is one of the most, you know, diverse areas in, you know, not not including California, but, you know, majority of African-Americans live in the South and that's you know historically cuz of slavery and so it's it's weird that we're living n- like neighborhoods next to each other but still have these uh, like very weird antiquated views of our place in society versus you know the african americans place in society and how how they're treated but at the end of the day the reason why you know we we feel so hopeless is because the democratic party isn't pushing for For they say we're the unity party, or we're searching for this unity candidate, which just means we're searching for the candidate that can get the the billionaires and some progressives to come together, and they're not expanding that.
1: Like the Democratic base being like, like get like suburban middle class folks Mm -hmm. out to to vote or whatever, Um, or like you know suburban uh, boomer. Old, like older, like they're older, their base is pretty old. I mean, so is the Republican. So, um, unity being, I mean, yeah, in this case, it's getting them out the vote, which they'll, you know, whatever, regardless of whoever it is, they'll vote blue. Mm -hmm. And then getting enough of the people who don't vote, who are younger, who are, oh, yeah, lower, like lower class, like the, 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 you know, the mass, the vast majority of American worker or voters being, you know, this kind of apathetic. Um, people who have checked out of the political um, conversation because it's never done anything for them. So why should they care? Um, uh, and that's like, you know, for the Democrats unity or whatever it means, um, like someone like Obama being like the perfect example of that, like someone who will, um, get the, um, not just the base out who'll, you know, win the primary, but also like the young vote out. Cause like, you know, uh, Biden and the Democrats are going to realize, or they, they already realize, because they're already kind of getting out in front of this to be like, well, you, you have to vote for him, um, is that uh, when November comes around and you know youth turnout is abysmal, like Biden will get probably swept, right? Um, also, I want to double check myself. Matt, did you say that that occurred after the revolution or before
2: I think she said it occurred before. I'm not 100% okay. sure cuz it was a it was a short clip and I watched it a while ago.
1: Okay, so. cuz I was going to say um, I didn't I didn't I wasn't clear on that because I believe the Whiskey Rebellion was after the revolution and it was after the American government was settled and it was about It
2: um, might it might honestly be after the revolution. I'm not 100% okay. sure.
1: And as far as I know that was about like um, sort of like issues with uh, Uh, taxate like collecting taxes and -hmm. stuff on whiskey specifically
2: but Um, it was like a it was like a multi i just know the rebellion was like a multi-faceted like it it had like people of all creeds and fighting under the same banner and unfortunately they lost but you know yeah that's
1: why i'm not sure that's why i'm not sure because i don't i don't believe the whiskey rebellion was that sort of um, thing i think it was mostly kind of just small like farmer like you know like Mm -hmm. um like small farmer, like farming class, like getting angry basically that the government was acting kind of like the British administration was. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I was just going to fact check myself on that. Um, I had a thought about, oh yeah. So I was thinking today, um, you know, in just, you know, I was driving to some places and I was thinking to get today about like. Like, the, like, so far what we've seen, like, the argument for Biden be, right, has been um, – <clears throat> like, the number one, right, the, the constant has been, well, Biden isn't Trump. Um, and so, of course, because Trump is the most dangerous, he's a fascist, we have to get him out of there. And Biden, for all his faults, right, and people like the fucking, like, bad faith folks will be like, well, I know he's not perfect, uh, will be like – For all that, he's not Trump. And I just find it really, you know, like not funny, but also just like, I mean, it's funny in like a macabre way that like, oh, well, at least Biden hasn't like raped anyone. Biden's not a rapist, right? And it's like they don't even have that now. Like that's gone. And, you know, I mean, for the people supporting him, it's not because they just just don't believe her and they'll, they'll just be like, well, she's lying. Or she's a lying bitch, and she's, you know. So you know, we still have that. But for anyone with a common sense, yeah, that that distinction's gone. Like, how many people, you know, I, I don't know how many people like would will be affected by the fact that yeah, they're both, you know. Like, okay, like talk to like this, you know, kind of overwhelming, apathetic, non-voting class in America, and ask them to make a choice and you literally, you can't even make the distinction, not in good faith that by like Biden is not a a rapist and Trump is like, like you can't even make that your galvanizing point. Not really, unless you just flat out go, well, someone, she said this, uh, but she's lying or you just ignore it. Right. It's like, could like the, the, the establishment or like the centrist, right. The centrist blob, like they could have, you know, amalgamated behind anyone like at least like I know Buttigieg sucks but he probably hasn't like committed a soul on anyone like you know uh uh you know Booker well he's like just Corey the Booker's uh, never.
2: just the people in Afghanistan in
1: Iraq, <laughs> well right? yeah 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 um uh I was gonna say Cory Booker's never had sex ever so he's you know one of them you could you could throw in there all right like that you know makes him a safe choice um, but no, they went behind Biden and now this and they just and it's just like, you know, they're just like craven. Well, the thing care. is
0: the, the, the DNC, you know, they, they they tipped their hand in 2016 and we expected some form of this to happen and, and but it's gotten way worse than we could have ever imagined. The thing is though, at the end of the day, the DNC and their donors, Uh, They win no matter who wins the election. Like whether it's Biden or Trump, the policies are going to be the same as far as healthcare, uh, taxes for corporations, and essentially, you know, how everything's structured. So in reality, the DNC doesn't have a huge prerogative to get someone different than Trump. So, you know, why not get this brain dead, dementia riddled uh, old guy? Who might play well based off his resume? So that's why it feels so just hel- helpless that we are we have these two choices, which you c- honestly cannot say there's any major difference between them. Yeah, and it's because the powers that be have tipped their hands that oh look at the right and the the right and the left, the 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 Democrats and the Republicans, the liberals and the conservatives. It's the same thing going on and I'm not saying yeah. uh, it's not the, the the centrist idea that oh you know all of them are the same it's like no the the the, the DNC and the RNC as they stand are working in conjunction with each other and yeah, it's like more or less, when yeah. you have a single party ruling uh, you know of course they're gonna give us the shittiest two candidates that support their corporate interests and
1: yeah.
0: we had one of the you know biggest lineups of of uh nominees this year because everybody wanted to beat Trump they they wanted to uh not not even make change but they they you know saw how bad it got and saw how um stoked white supremacy has has been made over the past yeah. four years. Um and but we we, we could have you know I think it who would have thought that in, you know, 2020, we would be so defeated that I would hear Cole say, well, we at least could have had Buttigieg. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the point we're at, where yeah. it's like, at the time, we thought Buttigieg was the devil incarnate and a CIA plant. And it's like, well, I don't give a fuck if he's a CIA plant. At least he's not Biden.
1: <laughs> yeah, at least he, like, has his, like, you know... Like he has the CIA engineered brain, but at least he has it. Like it's there. It's he's fully capable of using it. He probably hasn't assaulted someone, not anyone who's lived to tell the tale, anyway. Um, so, yeah, it, I know. Like it sounds like a total, you know, fucking uh, just just mind fuck that I would be like, yeah, yeah, Buttigieg. At least, like for uh, me, it's yeah. pretty
0: sad because my, I'm like, okay, base case scenario. He nominates Kamala Harris, and then Joe Biden dies, and Kamala Harris is our president. Like I'm, I'm willing to accept a cop over Joe Biden. <laughs> um, um yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So I, sorry, I was trying to find the video where she talks about it, yeah. and it says Tony Morrison's talking about it, and it's Bacon's Rebellion. Oh, Bacon,
1: yeah, that was um, because you said I didn't know if you meant it was. Yeah, Bacon's Rebellion was uh, quite a, a a bit longer before it was in like the 1660s, I want to say, and yeah, I, I was gonna like I, I was thinking about it because that one did was kind of multi-racial. Uh, um, yeah, and- it
2: said it was a it was a, she called it a people's war, and she said it was. Uh, spearheaded by a landed gentry type person, aristocrat who gathered together white indentured servants, black slaves, other landed gentry, and about four or 500 of them. And in, in order to overthrow the governor in Virginia.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, bacon. Nathaniel bacon was the, um, the kind of the one lobbying against the governor. And it's an interesting uh, situation because, I mean, people, like, yes, in the sense that it is um, kind of these small landowners and farmers and Mm -hmm. um, in other kind of, like, not, you know, like, at the time, there wasn't, you didn't quite have the, like, kind of established aristocratic class in America, which were the planter class. Like, that wasn't the case just yet. So Mm -hmm. Bacon and his people kind of represented, like what like, existed, like, in, like, if it's a people's rebellion, it's peoples who existed there, which were, yeah, primarily kind of, like, small landowners, against a governor who was, like, a representative, like, British authority and British colonialism. So, yeah, she, uh, she
2: describes, yeah. so, like, in the interview, um, this, this interview is really interesting because she describes it. She talks about her book, A Mercy, which is a pretty good book. But she describes it, and she says, like, American, she said every, you know, uh, every empire like Athens or England or whatever has had um, slavery, right? But she said what's interesting is that um, American, like chattel slavery was coupled with racism, which came much, much later. And she describes it as like a turning point in like separating, you know, these are white people, these are black people. You know, as a way of like the upper crust of society at the time could control people of like lower classes. So I I found the I find the interview extremely uh, interesting because she described it and she says that's after Bacon's rebellion. That's when the government was like um, a white person can do anything they want to to a black person to sow that division. Right. Which is, you know, what we were talking about earlier.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Matt, that, um, yeah, like, um, there's a great book. It's one of my favorite books I read in grad school called Good Wives, Nasty Winches and Anxious Patriarchs, which is about um, uh, colonial Virginia. And It's about kind of the development of, I mean, one, like, like talking about the origins of racism and slavery and the planter class in America. And, um like, yeah, uh, coupling racism with slavery. So, like, early like America, you had black indentured servants, but they weren't, um, you didn't have this, like, established kind of, like, slave class. Um, that didn't, that did come later, but in the meantime, you know, what kind of occurred was you had existing kind of English, um, prejudice against, like, Africans, so, like, but it wasn't, like, race-based, it was more like the English kind of you know are in Africa they see like African society and it's different than the British like they don't practice Christianity they don't um all of them kind of wear minimal clothing or like especially in West Africa they had like women do agriculture which was like the reverse in England and so they saw like these different kind of customs and then were like oh well this obviously means that they're like savage and and' un- did not good as us like so we can do this to them because they're savage yeah
2: so we were talking like earlier um i I want to go back to the conversation that you guys were having uh while i was looking that up in just a second but did you guys see that um there was a there's a person who was like what winston churchill would think about um I can't remember what it was. It was like what Winston Churchill would think about something. And then someone took that article and then they took a qu- the quote that Winston Churchill said. <laughs> and he's like, the Indians are beastly people. They have a beastly yes. religion and they deserve it.
1: They deserve to be like starving to death because they breed so much. Like, yeah, yeah that's the, the wit of Winston Churchill. Like just like anytime it's just I and I get I get the kind of desire to go. Because, like, if you examine him and his career, any kind of major figure, like Charles de Gaulle, like, you know, what you're going to find is, is that they're going to have, like, a lot of cool quotes. They're going to have, like, maybe a, a story career, you know, in their respective countries. And then the latter half is going to be they butchered and murdered and were awful <laughs> to anyone who wasn't white. They were just a raging fucking piece of shit when it comes to anyone who is like a shade darker than fucking mayonnaise like that's <laughs> that's
2: who we have well, even then even just like people who just aren't uh you know english right like the fucking they're like oh the irish you know fuck the irish yeah, right? yeah. it's like, like yeah. If, you, if you saw an irish person and a fucking english person side by side on the fucking street you couldn't tell them a bit apart
1: yeah
0: yeah man, like, i saw from- the Oh, sorry, I saw the tweet you made uh, Not the tweet you made, but the tweet you're referring to And it was like, uh, I believe it was The Time Time Magazine And they were saying What Winston Churchill would say to us In like our pandemic crisis And that was when he brought up the Indians And it's this idea We gotta keep hearkening back to World War II Because that's what we're going through right now
1: Exactly Like, if, if I was just like yeah, like, Charles de Gaulle, like, you know, whatever, like, you know, helped, fr- like, led France, you know, in a resistance against the Nazis, all that stuff, you know, basically, uh, you know, did something I could say is admirable in the sense that he fought back against, instead of rolling over, like, like, you know, Vichy France, right? And then, as soon as the war was over, he was like, okay, someone grab me some Vietnamese children, I'm going to throw them to a meat grinder, like I'm bored I'm tired of fighting Europeans let's go to Algeria and then take like and just take a like a fucking uh, baguette and just beat the local tribesmen to death because I'm just I'm just so bored of fighting I, I want to get back to doing what fr- what I really love which is just killing anyone who doesn't look like me like imagine like that was the the true like for Europeans at the time that was the true like worst thing about both world wars is that they they got distracted from their true passion which is to kill anyone in a place that's like hotter than like 70 degrees fahrenheit right like
2: this is probably a really fucking stupid question but like was so so when when hitler was like when mr hitler was marching down and fucking fucking everybody up it's kind of interesting that like I think I saw this and I'm not hundred percent sure, but like, so, so like African-Americans fought uh, on the American side yes. in world war II right? and like everyone <laughs> was still fucking right. Ra- I mean, there, we're, there's a lot of people who are still racist, but what I'm saying is like racism was like, you know, walking down the fucking street, you could see fucking bodies hanging in trees and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like down South, but like, yeah. were they, I wonder if people, who were fighting against Hitler were like, look at this guy. He's fucking can't believe he's being racist against the Jews. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then they're just like seeing and they're like, well, well, we can be racist against Caliban. He's the fucking son of a witch. (laughs) Yeah. I I saw this, like, uh, I, I saw this, um, thing and it was like, oh, it was on Watchmen. One of the guys was a, a fighter in World War Two, and, and the uh, German planes would come over and fucking drop these pamphlets that were telling African-Americans not to fight for the yeah. Americans because they fucking enslaved them. Yeah. So I didn't know Which if that is, actually happened or not,
1: but I mean... Um, I, I, I believe like, so. Uh, I, I can I can buy into that. And, I mean, honestly, like, yeah. it's pretty bad when, like,
2: Germany had the moral high ground on that... In, <laughs>
1: I mean, like yes and no. I mean, Germany also, uh, like you know, pre like the the German Empire, their activities in Africa were pretty abysmal. Like they committed they committed genocide in, in East Africa and Tanzania. Um, well, shit, of, like, you the- call
2: that you call that a fucking excursion? You know, Europe just called that another Tuesday.
1: I mean, typically, yeah. But like, actually, the the the, the Germans kind of were. Um, oh,
2: what what time is it? What time is it, Wilfred? Oh, it's three
0: o'clock. It's time to go murder murder people who are brown. Well, it's terrifying yeah. to think that at the start of World War Two there were still empires like the British Empire, the French Empire, the Italian colonies, and oh in, God, uh, I want to throw in, up. Please, in don't Africa, yeah, like. Up until then we had, you know, colonization Mm -hmm. all over the world. And it wasn't until after that you had all these rebellions and and they lost their colonies. Cole, it wasn't like one of the earliest things that happened like either right during the start of World War II or right before it was like Italy invading Ethiopia. That was one of the starts. That's like Um, why it
1: happened. let me pee real quick okay. and then I want to stop the recording and then I'll come back because that's actually a really cool um, topic. Like I did that. That was part of my master's thesis was covering um, like coverage of like, Cover- like covering the spaghetti eaters of, of yeah, if, uh, Italy invading Ethiopia. So let me pee. All
0: right. When we come back, folks, resident historian Cole McCray is going to give us the rundown. Is it recording? And we're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think, um,
2: have, but have you guys seen him, Pete, recently though? Like with the yeah, fucked up, like I've little Stavros Halkis how- hair?
0: I've seen that it looks like he gave himself a buzz cut in quarantine
2: or something. Yeah. It's not good.
1: Yeah. He, um, yeah. His hairline is, is, you know, turbo fucked. He's like LeBron, like, you know, pre headband. Like, did,
2: um, <laughs> did you see he, that? He, like, yeah. How the fuck did this go from like this to this in like a couple months? And it was, um, was it GQ, the cover of GQ, where he's like doing his tie, mm. it's like, all tick sexy, and then it's like him being like the fucked up little like
0: <laughs> looking even more <laughs> rat-like than usual. Yeah, yeah,
2: definitely. Like it's just kind of it's crazy.
0: Uh, the couple,
2: the quarantine's not been friendly to him.
0: No, it hasn't. Uh, but Cole, we were gonna quit. We we're gonna talk about. Uh, the how empires still existed in the 1940s and 30s. Yeah, and one of the you know first developments that you could say was a the start of a global conflict was Italy invading Ethiopia and trying to just well, destroy the fuck out of them.
2: We still have empires. It's just like it's just kind of like there's fewer of them, right? Like it's kind of like we have the American Empire and like the Chinese Empire and shit like that.
1: Well, it's it's softer and less involved. Uh, right. I mean, not always, but less still, involved. In, we're still uh, just yeah.
2: genociding, like, you know, minorities or whatever, but it's, like, on a yeah. smaller yeah. scale, right?
1: Yeah. It's not it's the whole world. Um, like, like the concept of kind of neo-colonialism, neo-imperialism being, um, it's more so uh, less a kind of direct, like, in, like in you know, like, the first kind of wave of imperialism, We're well, not the first wave, but, like, in the 1880s was all about, like, you know, gunboat, like, you take, like, two gunboats full of guys down a river, and then just on either side of it, you subjugate the people, and then by the end of it, you've got this kind of large chunk of land that you've sub- you've secured pretty cheaply and efficiently, and then you used to install, like, whatever. I mean, and that's generally, like, the different empires had their different forms of of uh, imperialism, but you know, you have like you know, basically like a region administered by only a select few of people, and then past that point, it's all about just stripping it of uh, its valuable resources, and you know, uh, having it be like this like fun zone that any psychopath from your home from the metropole did, can come and like just you know, you know, make their fortune in. you know.
2: Did you guys see the article? And it was. Um I think it was The Guardian, and it said during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, England or like British people may need blood from the Irish, and someone just took that article and they quoted it, and it said a modest proposal.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm going to talk about uh, Ethiopia, right? i to talk about that. Yeah. I can lead in with that. Okay. Um, this is like a topic I think that um, – I found it, like, when I was doing my thesis and, you know, part of it was uh, talking about, like, kind of the interwar period, uh, but specifically that, like, lead up from 33 to 39. And I think, uh, yeah, Italy invading Ethiopia is, or at the time it was Abyssinia um, – is um, uh, very uh, instructive in just, like, uh, as far as understanding – the failures of like interwar diplomacy—it was a—it's pretty um, a pretty great example of that. But so, um, historically speaking, like Ethiopia, um, you know, at the, again at the time was known as Abyssinia, uh, but uh, was one of those like African nations that you know resisted colonialism, had, was never colonized really. Um, but Italy attempt like their first war between them was in like I want to say the eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties, and the Italians actually lost uh, because they kept slipping on their spaghetti, like uh, you know, trying to cross the mountains into Ethiopia.
2: But no, oh, they, they, mama they, mia, yeah. we can't even, we can't even <laughs> um, go over here and oppress these black people, these like fucking the lucky, movies,
1: like the, the 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 you know the whatever the, the the big critical battle was, you know, the Ethi- Ethiopians just set up machine guns, and the Italians just ran in, slipping on like they just put a bunch of bowls of spaghetti in the in a trench, and the Italians kept <laughs> like run, running in to get it, and they gunned them down. Um, But no, like it, you know, it was that's like, why Hitler
2: think- that's why Hitler teamed up with Mussolini was he was just a huge fan of the you know spaghettios or whatever. Yeah, you know, um, the German name a German dish uh, some mayonnaise <laughs> <with> bread. <laughs>
1: What's it? Spätzle or something?
2: <laughs> Let's just talk about a German dish, which is just like oh. a piece of ice that's been heated.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, like the end of like the 19th century, this war where Italy was pretty roundly embarrassed because they got – beat. and this is like – it's you know, it was a pretty rare occasion for a European country to lose a battle, let alone a war, where they got pretty soundly defeated. So that was always kind of like a stain on Italian – Um, you know, history, right? This bit of buffoonery. And so they had kind of made their intentions clear, like in the, like, you know, the 30s that, you know, Mussolini um, especially kind of like wanting to right that wrong. Um, And so you had like uh, this one incident in in 1934 uh, where you had them clash, but it didn't go to war. Uh, But it was like, you know, uh, and then, like, early 1930s, basically the big crux was the Italians drew up a map, right? And because they're stupid and bumbling, they were just like, uh, we drew this map up, and actually our, we have more territory than um, in Ethiopia than we previously did, so you have to move out. And the Ethiopians said, no, that's not right. Uh, we have uh, – that's stupid. And so the Italians brought their troops in to basically – which, you know – Uh, You know, both sides, basically, this was a war fought, like, by, like, proxy auxiliary forces, because the Italians had, like, very little of their own troops there. It was mostly, like, local uh, groups, like Somalis, like, other uh, Africans that they had, you know, conscripted. Uh, anyway, they brought their guys in to be like, you know, move. And the Ethi- Ethiopian said, No, this is our land. And so they fought. And so basically that was the lead-in to war was Mussolini saying, Oh, this is an act of aggression on us, uh, doing that great fascist thing where you paint yourself as like the victim while also being the aggressor. And so the war but itself He didn't
2: was- say it like that, Sorry. right, Cole? He didn't say it no, like that no, he was, it was like course. a booba da bee but they, they, the, yeah the, it was like yeah the movies are coming to ho- here the are to over here and taking over our land shooting
1: us um, yeah <laughs> and so um the war itself was pretty quick um there were like i mean at, at the outset it actually looked like the italians would like fumble the bag again because they they like they made like you know, little progress and it was looking like, Oh, the Ethiopians like pulled off again. And, and, you know, as it's going on though, what the real story is that Ethiopia was a league of the member was a, was a member of the league of nations as was Italy. Um, and what the thing was is that like, no one really, none of the big European powers like gave a shit really, like they said they did. But ultimately, um, like one thing that stuck out to me was that like, uh, there was an incident where like, so, uh, the Italians pretty much refused to uh, negotiate any sort of like um, any sort of deal if the Ethiopians were there. So anytime like their you know uh, delegates Italians, walked in,
2: the Italians just got mad because the Ethiopians could read and they couldn't.
1: Pretty much, and they would like walk cool. out. Like,
2: so the other nations were like, no, they sent like uh, cease and desist letters, like in Italian to the Italians and fucking like Mussolini opened it up. And he's like, jokes on you. I can't fucking read.
1: Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Italians basically, um, refused to consider the Ethiopians as they're like equal as like a sovereign nation.
2: Well, so yeah, don't get crazy now. Come on.
1: Well, of course. Yeah. The Ethiopians are way better than they are. Um, but they would walk out, and also too is you had like, like one incident was, uh, you know, the like the Italians walk out, and then the Romanian um, delegate at the time uh, said, um, like, "Get the monkeys out of here," or "Get like the apes out of here," or like something like that. Basically <laughs> saying, basically like being, yeah, just what the, the fuck
0: we like him giants. now.
1: Yeah, no, no, not the Italians. Dude. They were saying that about the Ethiopians. They were saying. I know that's what right. I'm
2: saying, like, dude's wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, um,
2: he <laughs> just calls them retards and we're all everyone's clapping.
1: No, that's exactly what it was is that, um, w- whereas, like, yeah, Ethiopia was a member of the League of Nations, they were supposed to be on equal terms with the Italians, but they all, all the Europeans basically had the same mindset about them, which was which was. Some are, it was the same as the Italians. That they were not basically equal partners at the at the negotiating table, and that they considered like they're from Af- they're an African nation. They they're all, they're good as good as colonized in our eyes. Like we don't consider them equal on equal terms, even though they're a sovereign nation as well. And also, you had like the French and the in the British were basically trying to collaborate on a peace deal like for this whole time. Um, their first plan was called the the Whore. Yeah, it's funny. The Horror Plan, H-O-A-R-E, which was named after the British foreign minister, I wanna say. Or whoever, like, you know, one of the guys involved, which was um uh it was also called the Paris plan because it was like um so it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be the genius, um you know, plan put together by the French and the British, and what it amounted to was, um, we're just going to like carve up Ethiopia and give uh, these tracts of land that Italy wants to them, the things that they claim they had, we're going to give it to them, and then we're also going to make it so that Italy has like, like, like economic dominance over Ethiopia. Basically, saying we're going to um, the the outset of this plan is going to be um Ethiopia being becoming a colony of Italy pretty much right and um the the combination of that the plan being like just awful and also the fact that the Italians hadn't actually occupied much of Ethiopia at the time uh actually you had like kind of these big protests in England basically with people being like, this is you're literally handing like it over to the Italians, right? Um, so Why the fuck that, did they that, care? What's that? Why the fuck did they care? Well, you had pl- plenty of people who, um, like, plenty of people who weren't sort of in British uh, government. Um, also, you had like Clement Attlee in the Labour Party, kind of being um, lobbying for Ethiopia. So you had people um, who have you guys- did have an interest. What's that?
2: Have you guys ever seen that show, Peaky Blinders?
1: No, I haven't.
2: Cole.
1: Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah.
2: Oh, so uh, what I was gonna say was uh, there, we were watching like a little bit of that show the other day, and um, because Ashley fucking loves it, every time she watches it, I'm like, Peaky fucking blinders, um, and it's about like these Irish gypsies, like a gang in uh, England. And what's interesting is like one of the subplots that has it like one of the guy's best friends who served in World War One with him. He's the uh, he's the leader of the communists in England. So there's like three factions that like the English police oh, are trying to stop.
1: It, uh, it's is it the Harry Pollitt? Huh? Is that the character? Is that his name, Harry Pollitt?
2: Maybe I don't know.
1: Because he was the he was the head of the CPGB.
2: Okay, for, so like they, they, maybe
1: they, earlier, yeah.
2: So there's like. there's three factions that like the police are trying to like root out and it's um the Peaky Blinders which are the gang right which are the Irish gypsies uh the IRA the they call them the Finians and uh the communists and like all those get which is kind of weird because like the communists are against like both the IRA and the Peaky blinders. They're all like against each other, but they're like, sometimes they work together or whatever. But anyway, sorry. That's, I just wanted to talk about how it's, it's kind of an interesting like show where they're like, uh, like the police inspector comes from, um, where does he come from? He comes from Ireland. He's, he's, they're rooting out the IRA and yeah. he comes in and and's like, you know, your, your associates a known communist, right? Mm-hmm. I just thought that was kind of funny.
1: Sorry. Yeah. No. Um, I was going to say if it's 1919, then that's going to be, um, you didn't have like a, a unified British communist party. Then you had like competing, you had like the British socialist party. And Mm -hmm. then I can never remember the name of the other one, which was the party led by Sylvia Pankhurst, who was like a, a, um, British, like a, a pretty prominent British communist. um, Anyway, if uh, I remember, I left off. So yeah, you had like this kind of fumbling attempt by the British and the French to, um, you know, in the conflict, and that didn't work obviously because people kind of recognized it. And again, yeah, you had those. You had you did have people arguing for Ethiopia because I think there was um, a conscious the consciousness of um, like. Uh, well, a an anti anti-war because the 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 Great War was like such a, a big fucking scar on most people's imaginations that you know you didn't want an explosion of that conflict again. And Ethiopia, like Italy invading Ethiopia seemed like something primed to do that. Um, and just like and a um, and like you even had like more conservative people being against this just because it would affect like British Britain's. You know, whatever geopolitical status, right? So you had people who were against it for different reasons, and who, who saw the plan as like just an attempt, just like this kind of naked um, uh, attempt to kind of just be like, well, just offer up Ethiopia to the Italians. Who cares, right? Just give it to them. It'll end the war, and like people won't like we won't have to get involved because, like, God forbid, we're in the League of Nations, so we don't want to actually use it for what it's you know, it's purpose. Right. Um, and then, uh, that didn't work. And then in the later stages of the war, so we're getting into, uh, kind of late 1935 and early 1936. Um, let me check myself. Yeah. So, um, by like April, 1936, and I think may, um, it was pretty much like the Italians had basically won, um, you know, there was just like a couple kind of big victories that they had um, that kind of like, you know, broke the the whatever, the seal and let them just march all the way to the capital and take it. And uh, but the, but all during that. Right. What you had was the League of Nations was basically paralyzed as to like do anything like uh, the big thing probably would have been oil sanctions because. Um, like BP like British Petroleum was like the, the biggest supplier of Italian oil, I believe um, or one of the one of the biggest anyway and if they had been kind of ordered by the government to cut off shipments to the Italians it probably would have been um, like it would have stopped their their advance right more likely in it like in its tracks. Um, though again you could argue it might have caused like a, like a conflict like a war or whatever but at the very least, oil sanctions would have been like something to threaten them with, but never really happened. Like, they never even really threatened them with it. They just said, we're going to do something if you keep uh, this invasion up. And again, like ultimately they didn't really care. Um, and so the Italians took Ethiopia, took at, uh, at his, at, at, uh, the capital in May, um, but there's something that happened after that that um, I found um, really like so I keep saying that the British didn't care. Um, they actually did, but only to the extent of uh, they you know they basically were like, okay, so Ethiopia falling to the Italians, uh, it may actually help us. There was like a document that wound up being sold to the Italian government that the press the Italian press then just leaked. Uh, which was uh, basically said uh, it was a report from the British government made like, I want to say like even before the war started or right around when the war started, when they were like, yeah, it looks like the Italians are going to take Abyssinia, but that could be a good thing uh, because there's a region down there um, around whatever, uh, I think it was called Lake Tana. And they were like, yeah, there's a region down there where we kind of have interest in, so uh you know if the italians come in we may be able to work it to our advantage to um you know increase our kind of position in the region and um so yeah it was one of those things where their their interest in that so you know three things i would say they offered up they were willing to offer up this nation because they didn't view them as equal um, or they were like, well, we'll let the Italians do their work and then we'll just increase our holdings there. And also it exposing kind of the weaknesses of interwar diplomacy, the league of nations and being like, I think a blueprint for like what's going to come later. Right. Is that this is clearly a, um, an example of fascist uh, aggression, right. Preceding, you know, Spanish Civil War preceding Nazi Germany shenanigans, right? But the Italians get away with it, I think, because they're doing it in Africa and they're doing it against a independent African nation. Um, and so they were allowed to get away with it, um, I think, for those reasons. Uh, but what it did, I think, is um, signal boost to, I mean, Hitler, like, you know, you can like this this is how they're gonna handle it. This is how the League of Nations is gonna respond. Is that they'll hand ring, and then they'll propose plans, they'll just give you what you want, uh, and then uh you'll just get what you want. And we saw we see in like Austria and Czechoslovakia, where yeah, they just their response was to be like, Yeah, just let them have it. They'll, you know, like they will appease it. like basically I see like appeasement, right? Being uh, the word here though they never actually they don't they didn't actually kind of attempt or even use that word here, but th- that's what it is they're like their you know uh, policy was to be like we'll just give the Italians what they want um and then they'll they'll say they'll make them happy um though at least we had enough um, you know kind of pushback for their them to drop that uh, but it and ultimately it didn't matter because they didn't do anything to stop the Italians either so
0: I know this might be a bit of a stretch, but it seems like that idea of appeasement is very much how Democrats in in Congress treat Republicans.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're
0: like, oh, if we give the fascists what they want and compromise with them, then you know we'll end up both benefiting somehow. Even though you're, it's completely one sided and it's totally done in bad faith. And that's why you know Joe Biden being the uh, I'm willing to put Republicans uh, everywhere. I'll have them in my cabinet. I'll have Republicans. You know, the great—he is the great appeaser to to Republicans because he'll do anything yeah. they want.
2: Yeah, he doesn't want to get rid of uh, Obamacare for Medicare for All because it's a slap in the face to Obama's legacy. Much like he doesn't want to get rid of the, uh, you know, cages that they're putting children in the concentration camps at the border. He guys want to get rid of those because that's part of Obama's legacy as well. What a cool fucking guy.
1: Yeah. Um, I was going to say, Josh, that like...
2: Also um, breaking news, AMC <laughs> Theaters, when they come back, will n- uh, not show Universal Pictures movies anymore. Why, why is not? that? Uh, so Universal Pictures decided to um, release some of their movies on VOD early instead of theaters. And it turns out that they've been making like a fuck ton of money on Streaming, and AMC's right, off, and they're like, "Oh, if we come back, we're not showing your fucking movies." And it's like, okay, well, I guess I'll just have to go to fucking Regal Cinemas to watch Fast and the Furious <laughs> Nine starring Vin Diesel.
1: Yeah, but good news, Matt, is that um,
2: if we were uh, in the Fast and Furious universe, Vin Diesel would have already broken La Familia out of the the concentration camps at the border. Be
1: president. Be president.
2: He can be like. Yeah, I just need to get a
1: what I forgot what type of beer he likes. Uh, uh Corona. Does he like Corona? I thought he liked Tynek yeah. No, it's Corona, I believe. Okay. It's like the, the go-to Mexican beer. Got okay. cold, whatever, yeah.
2: He grabs it like a fucking <laughs> I, I was watching it on the plane where he grabs that fucking beer like a like a, a like a, a chimpanzee grabbing like a banana. He's like walking around with it, drinking it like this right here. Yeah. It's funny. Um
1: what was I going to say? I was going to say, like, uh, Josh, your point on, like, it being similar. Like, you know, the Democratic line is always like, well, the Republicans will never go for this versus the Republicans. Like, I, I've never and I will, like, eat my hat if I ever hear a Republican be like, well, the Democrats will never go for this because they don't give a shit because they know the rollover anyway. So. Mm. I'm pretty sure at least Hitler, when he was like going to go into the Rhine, was like, yeah, the French will never go for this. But he did it anyway, and then was like, oh, they did, so I guess I'm cool everywhere else. He was right, so anyway.
0: Yeah, well, thanks for giving us that insight into the Ethiopian conflict and show, reminding us yeah. how fucked the world was and still is.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, Matt. To your point, uh, good news is that when uh, Disney's considering putting uh, Avengers Endgame or whatever uh, into theaters again once they open up to welcome people back, and I'm like, "Fucking kill me!"
0: <laughs> Just Wait, <laughs> is that a real headline? That's yes, that's real.
1: Um, Honestly, that's real fucking their-
2: fucking Disney. Since they own Fox now, they should put X Men: Dark Phoenix back in fucking theaters. <laughs> yeah. For me, Put yeah,
1: the like, only the true heads. We'll go. We'll come out. Shit was
2: awesome, dude. Fucking uh. So, uh. Shouts out to uh. Last thing that I I'll say on the pod. Shouts out to front of the pod cognitarians. A while ago, me and him. He wrote an article about. <laughs> so he writes like WordPress like articles or whatever. Yeah. Um, and people are still trying to cancel that man because he's you know. There's mm-hmm. constantly. I'm telling you, man. Those fucking assholes. Those like little little bitchy left Twitter fuckers. I, I, yeah. I follow some of them and they follow me. So it's kind of like, you know, for the Did you f- see
1: where we, we need to have them on to talk about where, um, Ellie Valley, um, like he said, your drawing suck dude. And Ellie Valley was like, yeah, well, I'm just going to search this guy and show where he said the R word and be like, yeah, a bunch of times with these creeps. And I'm like, how does that defend your art? like, he said well, not, not only sucks, that
2: not only that like, like how R does word. that yeah how does that like i don't know how has how that put you on the fucking moral higher ground like the dude said re- the word retard like it doesn't there's not a big like
1: like you know didn't, it's he not, didn't call, he call you inward he in- didn't say that in regards to your work or you he just said your art sucks and you're like yeah, oh i mean people said this before he
2: said it's it's interesting that um there's been more like there's been more feminizing uh the the more feminizing that's been going on like throughout time or whatever now is leading to like more like bourgeois tendencies right so more like aesthetic stuff and more like whatever and he says this and they they take that and they go oh he fucking hates women right Mm -hmm. and he makes a joke he's like yeah, that's exactly what it is. Like women can't, whatever, whatever. And people are like, oh yeah, he's having a real normal one. You know those types of people having yeah. a real normal one on the timeline today. Is he okay? It's like, yeah, dude, he's fine. Like he's just, he's literally saying. I mean, he's a fucking, he's a philosophy professor. Like he just looks at something and and he he makes a you know he makes a a, a point about it. Which I mean, he's like spot the fucking lie. Right. Like it's not, it's, he's not saying that he fucking hates females because we're becoming more feminine. He's saying that there's a, an interesting correlation between the fact that like we're becoming more feminine, quote unquote, right? And, and there's more like bourgeois tendencies. Like it's
1: not, anyway. Or well, dispute the point. Like also, I guess where I see that, where, where I see that at least working is the sense that, um, I mean, we make, they like like at least for women uh society makes it very aesthetic like it, when it comes to like women's like it's heavily focused on their appearance and how they dress and all that so it's yeah, very I could aesthetic make, i can make a so,
2: feminist argument that the bourgeoisification of feminine ideals is because that they think that women will buy into it more they think that whatever um <laughs> but yeah uh, anyway long story yeah, long we gotta, yeah yeah so involved. Once the last thing I was gonna say, uh, so he writes this article about an X Men movie and was like, "Yo, it's tight." And then me and him talk about Dark Phoenix, and I'm pretty sure that we're the only two that like that movie. Anyway,
0: I, that's it. So quick update: I still haven't seen Dark Phoenix. Got um, to,
2: dude. I, it's Kung Fu Aliens. Come on.
0: I I was felt so just burnt out after uh, the last one before that. Uh, what was it called? Avengers. No, 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 the, the X-Men movie before Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah. Apocalypse. Yeah, I Apocalypse, hated right? that so much. That shit was gay. i going to watch another one. Um, I started watching The Sopranos. I'm <gasps> three quarters of the way through the first season. Nice. And I'm yes. uh, halfway through the second season of Better Call Saul.
1: Cool. I like Better Call Saul, yeah.
0: Yeah, both very good shows. Um, nice. So that's that's my show update. I'm glad to
2: glad to know you're getting on the soprano uh train. Yes.
0: No, Finally. I have plenty of time so I'm filling that with sopranos and better call Saul. <laughs> oh yeah, brother. All right
2: guys. Well, I guess it's another pod in the bag, so
0: Yeah. Yeah, see you next week.